Kalispera, it's Millie. Ichi here, reporting for Yuji. And, and this, this is favorite, favorite movie scene. As always, we'll be talking about films we love and why we love them. If you have a movie you'd like us to talk about, hit us up. You can count on us to give you the TLDW, Too Long Didn't Watch, for the movie we'll be talking about in the episode. But if you aren't a fan of spoilers, we suggest pausing here and watching the movie first. Today, we'll be talking about an animated classic from 1997, Hercules. Where we mere mortals fear the thread, Disney takes on a titan in its own right, Greek mythology. Based on one of the greatest Hellenistic heroes, the movie recreates Hercules' quest to go from zero to hero. But wait, gods don't start at zero, do they? Unfortunately for young Herc, having illustrious and powerful parents, Zeus and Hera is much more trouble than it looks on paper. Family politics is always ugly, but when you're all gods, oh god, Hades, lord of the underworld, doesn't want his nephew dipping fingers in a revenge plot that had been brewing since his banishment. As one would expect of the god of the dead, Hades doesn't bat an eye when he commands his henchmen, pain and panic, fittingly so, to kill baby Hercules. The bumbling pair almost succeed, but as destiny would have it, Hercules retains his godlike strength, so thank his lucky stars. Raised in rural Greece, Hercules finds himself an outsider and dreams of finding his place in the world. He sets off to the temple of Zeus for answers, and suddenly, the stars align when he learns of his divine heritage. This sets Herc on the hero's journey to prove himself worthy and true, with the help of a crotchety, washed-up satyr, Phil. But what does it mean to be a true hero? Is it merely about fighting monsters or having poems written about you? And how can Hercules stay focused when a damsel in distress with big goo-goo eyes makes his heart flutter? I remember when you told me rather enthusiastically when I suggested Disney films that you wanted to do Hercules for your pick. So tell us why. Sure. Well, Hercules was one of the few Disney films I managed to catch on Laserdisc LD Mm -hmm. uh, instead of going to movie theaters when I was much younger. Uh, because uh, we were just too young and she didn't take us out. And my mom would just rent laser discs for us to watch at home. Mm. Uh, since they were rentals, I could also watch the movie a couple of times before returning them. So it's more economical, right? <laughs> There's something about trying to find yourself in a place that doesn't seem to fit you that I can relate to very well, I feel. Uh, Hercules is also kind of like a solo hero. Uh, with no real team or band of brothers to rely on, except for his mentor, I guess, Phil, and Pegasus, his companion. Trusty sidekick. Yeah. And growing up, I did feel like it was a journey that people can help you on. You have companions. But ultimately, you have to rely on yourself. Yeah, well, the actual story of Heracles is an exceptionally tragic and lonely one. So wait. Hercules wasn't part of your infamous pirated DVD collection? And were there any rituals you had watching movies as a child? Haha, <laughs> right. Well, I did manage to eventually own a Hercules pirated DVD. I think it was a CD, actually. Oh, pirated CD, CD right? Uh, eventually, so it was like the movie that grew up alongside me. 
I upgraded right from LD <laughs> to CD to DVD. <laughs> I think my first theater movie was Moulin Rouge. Oh. Uh, so that's when I started to visit theaters with my family. Um, other than that, we watch movies. Interestingly, interestingly, without snacks, right? Mm. Maybe just some water, but it was just sit down and watch the with the family if they were there. Uh, we only had one TV, so if you, it was at night, we all either watch the Channel Eight serial or holiday movie. If it was on air, um, yeah, basically whatever movie was on, we would catch together. Mm, I think in the future, right? Uh, remembering details from childhood movies might be more difficult. Because I only remember so much of Hercules because of the sheer number of times I watched and rewatched it. Uh, as I simply had nothing else to watch, right? No other options. Yeah. I think with services like Netflix and Disney Plus giving us constant access to an infinite pool of content, I really wonder if nostalgia will simply be broadened to more of a feeling, you know, than certain details and scenes from our rewatched movies. Yeah, I agree. I think nostalgia is more of a feeling. Sometimes we don't really have the details. And I've mentioned in our very first episode that my childhood movie buddy was actually my sister. And yeah, if we watched it at home, we would actually get our own snacks and like munch on these snacks while we were watching. And as for theatres, my mom would bring my sister and I to the movies, usually after our enrichment lessons. I think like I remember swimming. And we would always get sweet popcorn, like 100% sweet popcorn. But... It was only when I started going out with you that I started to buy <laughs> mixed boxes because you like salty and right. I like sweet. Yeah, but I think you and I definitely have the same pet peeve, which is people asking questions during the film. Like, dude, seriously, just shut up and try to figure it out on your own first. I mean, isn't that the fun of movies? Like, figuring it out, you know, being invested in the action. And for me, yeah, like you, I think I watched Disney on many, many different formats. So I had it on LD, mm-hmm. VHS. I think yours was a VCD, right? And yeah, also DVD, yeah. right? And now, like, with the streaming services as well. So it's been quite an evolution. Yeah, but would you consider yourself a Disney buff? And how does Hercules rank in your Disney list? Well, I don't think I'm a Disney buff. But I just <laughs> kind of grew up with Disney as entertainment. Mm. Like uh, Little Mermaid, Lion King... Uh, Land, Bef- Land Before Time? Well, I adore Land Before Time. Mm, I think it may not be Disney-Disney, but uh, it was part of Lucasfilm. I-, I think Lucasfilm had some part in making it, so uh, is it part Disney now? I-, okay, I don't know how this <laughs> yeah, works. I also don't know, for sure. Hercules, of course, what we're talking about. And um, I think my parents had the idea that all these films was good entertainment. Mm. And... For me, Hercules is definitely one of my favorites. But I think I've watched Little Mermaid tons of times because it was my mom's favorite. Oh wow! Okay, that's cool. Well, I wouldn't say Hercules is like the top of my Disney list, but I think it's pretty high on the charts. And um, I think this is a few years back. I remember actually winning a friendly Disney trivia game, and yeah, this was like a friendly game where there were about a hundred or so people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I came up top, so there was uh, I. It was unexpected, actually. And an acquaintance, after the game, he actually told me, he was like saying, hey, I didn't know you were a movie buff. And I was like, wait, what? Am I? (laughs) You know, I kind of questioned myself at that point. I still don't see myself as a movie buff, right? Just someone who enjoys movies. But that comment made me realize that I do watch quite a few movies. I mean, not just Disney. But I think Disney is kind of where the magic started. Yeah, and watching movies multiple times is the only way you might learn something new besides the plot, right? It's always when you try to understand something by going it over and over again, 
then you get the opportunity to see things in a new light. So good movies don't really get old for me. Yeah, just like how good music also never gets old. And for me, any good Disney animated film has to come with a great soundtrack. So what's your favorite song in Hercules? Uh, definitely Go the Distance. Uh, the song, I feel it's about journey and the determination you need to complete it. Mm-hmm. But also telling you that it's your own power that determines your outcome. I remember when I was very independent and writing my own articles to try and get somewhere in gaming and or esports. I always have a bunch of songs I listen to to motivate myself and this was definitely in that list. Wow, that's very inspirational. And that's a great song. But I think that particular song didn't resonate with me as much. And after all, because I think the hero's journey is very, very much a masculine one. So my favorite is actually I Won't Say I'm In Love, right? So yeah, I mean, who doesn't love the muses? They are like characters of their own. I mean, it's a pity they didn't explore that much. And yeah, so I would say that that song is really the time for them to shine. Although I would say that Zero to Hero is a close second like top song in Hercules. Mm. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, because I was in choir when I was young, right? Mm-hmm. And my voice was so high. <laughs> I Even though I like Go The Distance, I would be singing uh, I Won't Say I'm In Love and Zero To Hero more often than not because so they were sung by women so with higher voices, okay. right? But wow. those are wonderful songs. Yeah. Yeah, but I just love how hopeful all Disney songs are for the era. I think nowadays the songs, maybe because I'm an adult, right? Mm. I feel they are more, much more grounded in reality. And I feel it kind of reveals a kind of uh, loss of naivety in our current and future generations. Yeah, I think like being very gung-ho is part of being young, right? That idealism, optimism. And I think our generation's cynicism is often tinged with hope. But I actually think it's kind of the same for the current generation. Except that they think they're too cool to appear hopeful. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think the difference is. So, who's your favorite character from the film? Um, my guess is that it's either Phil or Hades. I mean, that's a great guess. Because uh, Hades is definitely a great villain. Mm-hmm. But I feel Phil is kind of like the realist. Mm-hmm. He's more of an adult than anyone else in the movie. I think on my second rewatch, I like Phil much more. Mm. Uh, I guess I liked how he dealt with reality constantly and wasn't looking up to some grand idea or ideal. Um, He had what he had and he did his best with it. Uh, For sure, he's the comedic relief, but uh, very stable comedic relief, right? (laughs) I feel that Phil is a flawed mentor uh, in that he makes his students overconfident in their abilities. And they all seem to have died because of that, right? Oh, <laughs> like Achilles and uh, the other people that he mentored, you know, even in Gladiators and etc. Mm. And he doesn't seem to have learned from his own experience. And instead, he seems to be this kind of heroic hubris, right? He eventually, of course, redeems himself, thank goodness, uh, when he tries to give Hercules a hard lesson by leaving him. Yeah. Right, the first hero he left before they died, right? Well, of course, once again, once again, he's just a bit too late. But I like how he constantly fails. But, you know, Hercules being a demigod just happens to be able to bear Phil's burden because he's just strong enough. And in this case, Phil is flawed and remains flawed. So I feel that's a good lesson to reflect on. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. 
For me, I can't decide who I like more, Hades or Meg. I mean, I currently at this moment, I'm tempted to say Hades because he does indeed make a really great villain and I love the deadpan humor he brings to the film. I think Meg is more like she's relatable. Mm. Yeah, so... But I think it's funny that though Hercules is the titular character, he's actually quite unrelatable. I mean, honestly, how relatable is Wonder Boy? As a demigod, I think he gets the best of the gods mm. and the best of humanity. And while he doesn't always glow with that golden sheen that he has at the end of the movie, okay, towards the end of the movie, he has that purity and innocence that I think is only possible in someone who remains unscathed by like human ugliness. Right. So yeah, I think Wonder Boy is a little bit too wonderful for me. <laughs> so what was the most memorable scene for you? Um, my most memorable scene definitely was uh, the first fight for Hercules against the centaur. Mm-hmm. Now the fight is obviously used to introduce Meg as the love interest for Hercules. And you can see how awkward he is around Meg yeah. almost immediately. Let me seduce you with my awkwardness. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's equal parts weird and funny. Uh, but the way the centaur was knocked out was so hilarious for me as a young viewer that I just rewound it over and over again. Right? The way the centaur was... Uh, knocked into the air and how he resembled the main villain of Mulan Shan Yu (gasps) I just made it more funny what (laughs) okay now I can't unsee it yeah but looking back now it was a refresh of the tired old trope of the damsel in distress with kind of like a twist where the damsel actually didn't need rescuing and I would like like to draw a parallel between Hercules and Superman Mm -hmm. like they both grew up on the countryside and they both realized their own power but really um, having so much power right? both of them including Hercules they butt in in places where they don't quite belong mm-hmm. or they have to hide their power yeah. but um, this kind of uh, carelessness la, it yeah. actually, actually for, foreshadows him being overconfident mm, later okay. in the movie well for me I don't think it's so much overconfidence rather than like, I don't know, following a textbook of gentlemanly (laughs) behavior, you know, like there's this unspoken textbook. I think he was just like, okay, as a gentleman, I should do this. I should save the lady, even though uh, technically the lady doesn't need saving. And I mean, he's a 17 year old boy. So, I mean, yeah, he's Mm. bound to make these kind of, I I don't know, not social for pass, but yeah, I guess awkward mistakes as a young boy. For me, watching watching the show in preparation for this episode, I really like the scene where we get to see Thebes in its rotten glory. So I really like the New York references. So instead of uh, like uh, the Big Apple, the Big Olive, and Phil actually quoting the theme song from New York, New York. Like, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, I believe. Yeah. That's what he says. I won't call these Easter eggs, but I think they were kind of like wings to the viewers. Like, you know, if you get it, you get it kind of thing. And that weird sundial seller. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Right? I, I don't think I understood why Phil was reacting that way as a kid. And now I'm like, oh, but kind of cringing. and wondering if it'd be better if I actually didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. What is your actual experience with Greek mythology? You, I mean, you always struck me as someone who has a fascination with myths from all cultures and lots of video games rely on bits of mythology too. Yeah, so when I was younger, right, I remember having a book about mythology, but back then I really didn't know what was what exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that Zeus was like the boss and other gods like Helios, Artemis, Ares, Aphrodite... Uh, they had some fun facts about them, but not 
really their entire backstory and how their history was together. I think most of the knowledge comes from references in games, as you rightly uh, inferred. Or poetry I learned through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was young, it was more like airplanes and traveling the world with mm-hmm. landmarks and buildings. Uh, thanks to the books my mom bought for me. Um, I did read up some horrible histories about the Greeks, but you know, beyond the pictures, I can't remember that much. Okay, so for me, my first experience with Greek mythology, I think aside from Hercules, was the 1981 Clash of the Titans. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I was born then, but my dad was actually the one (laughs) who watched it with my sister and I when we were really young. I think it was like something that he enjoyed. He just wanted to show it to us. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I actually watched it as a child. Because I tried to rewatch the trailer again, like before this episode, and the visual effects truly belong in that era. Yeah. It's really too distracting already. Yeah, and for that film, I was actually really terrified by the scene in Medusa's temple and quite amazed that Perseus was able to outwit her, you know, with his shield. But I was never really interested to find out more about Greek myths in general. I guess there was that, um, you know, 2004 Troy starring Orlando Bloom, Brad Pitt and Eric Banner. But I think at that time, it kind of just flew over my head. (laughs) Yeah, but my interest in Greek mythology has been rekindled. And since the circuit breaker period last year, I began reading retellings and have grown to love these stories. And this week, I'm actually listening to The Song of Achilles on Storytell on my journey to and back from work. Oh, nice, cool. Now that you said that, I remember that I had to review uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And back then, also, right, my favorite storyline from that era was the Spartans and their 300. Mm. And how they held Thermopylae. Um, it also helped that the movie 300 was so iconic yep, when it was yeah, released it was. too, right? Uh, unfortunately, Leonidas lost both in the game and in the movie. But that's ancient history, been there, done that. Alright, so next on Favourite Movie Scene, we'll be taking on a request with a blast from the past. The Warner Brothers animated sports comedy film Space Jam from 1996. So you've got at least two weeks to watch it, and if you have never watched it, it's time to get your game face on. Now this is easy, reminding you to stay tuned, if you know what I mean. Adio, movie friends, this is Millie, and and we'll we'll be be seeing seeing you. you.